0: Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who is a big Killian Mbappe fan, Brendan Siegel. How you doing?
1: I'm doing quite well. I really like that intro. We, we are we're recording this as the World Cup final is going on. Uh, they just, you know, ended uh, the the regulation time, so uh, you know we we might give a little update on the pod, give our live reactions uh, when it does end. We got 2-2 going into extra time, so a great World Cup final. I do love Mbappe. He's one of my favorite players. He's on my favorite team, club team, I should say. Um, yeah, and of course, uh, we have the third member of the podcast who has become an Mbappe fan over the past 20 minutes. Um, that is Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you?
2: I'm fantastic, and yeah, I think Mbappe is my GOAT. Um, he is he has officially been crowned as, as my GOAT. I went from deciding Messi was my GOAT about an hour ago to I think I've now officially switched to um killian mbappe is my new goat so the greatest player of all time don't don't even try to argue with me with with messi ronaldo um i'll I'll destroy you in in an argument i got a bunch of data to back it up killian mbappe uh (laughs) i just learned his first name three minutes ago he is now my official goat he's the greatest (laughs) soccer player of all time
0: so so ben you're fully acknowledging that you're a bandwagon fan you're just like whoever wins whatever player i'll take i'll take the player that's the best
2: and you're you're coming from to, Trevor Reddick. He's calling
1: time. you a bandwagon fan. How Trevor, I'm absolutely. That,
2: Trevor, my my two favorite <laughs> soccer teams are now Chelsea and PSG. I think I'm the definition of a bandwagon soccer fan, and I have no <laughs> issue with that. Considering I watch it, I watch it once every four years, so that's fine. I'm cool with it.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, we now have two bandwagon fans on this podcast. I am not one of them. But look, yeah, we okay. Have a,
2: Talking ac- to a dude that likes Liverpool and PSG. Let's calm down with that.
1: I don't like Liverpool like that. I don't really care. Yeah, I do. want them to win just because LeBron owns the team. Yeah, That's the yeah, only exactly. reason why. Although he's selling his shares. They're selling his shares. So I don't really care yeah, about they Yeah, because they're, they're,
2: cause like they're a garbage team. I, I wouldn't I would no, waste my money on Liverpool. No, he actually made a ton there. of
1: money on it because Liverpool is really
2: good. So. I wouldn't waste my money on um, them. He should buy Chelsea. That's where the real winners go.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that. But look, we'll, we'll continue on here. Um, we got an action-packed pod. As always, we're going to start in college basketball. Trevor, we have seen... Uh, Already some, you know, there's been 10, you know, 11 games for most teams um, already played. And we've seen some great great action. Yes, of course. Um, We've seen some some great games over Conjure Basketball, especially from yesterday. Um, So where where do we want to start in the CBB world?
0: Yeah, so I, I wanna start with um, a team who coming into the season had a lot of expectations. They were ranked, I think it was maybe nine number nine in some polls, number ten, something like that. They were picked to win the big east, and that is the Creighton Blue Jays, because the Creighton Blue Jays were, you know, again, they were picked to win the Big East, but they're they're not doing so well right now. They've been they've been reeling. Um, they lost their latest game on Friday to Marquette. They've actually lost their last, let's see, one, two, three, four, five games, it looks like. Um, No, I take the back six games. They have lost six straight games. So, a Creighton team that, you know, a lot of people really liked coming in the the beginning of the year, they're now six and six. Um, So, they're really struggling. I think this is really interesting from a Creighton team um I mean Marquette's a good team they did just lose to them on the road but you know you have a home loss to Arizona State for Creighton they have a loss on the road to BYU they've lost at home to Nebraska who's you know one of the I would say one of the bottom dwellers of the Big Ten Conference um and they do have a loss to Texas as well which is a really good team but overall just not a good stretch from Creighton um you know they're one of these teams we've seen, and I think we've talked about North Carolina in the past, how they've kind of struggled. Um, Creighton's another one of these teams with high expectations coming in the year that has not really lived up to them so far. So we will see if Creighton can turn it around. Um, Obviously, um, one of the teams that I'm going to continue to keep an eye on. Um, But what I really wanted to get into was this whole um, slate we had yesterday, Saturday. We're recording this on a Sunday. Because... Yesterday, we had five games where it was a ranked team playing another ranked team, which is very, very rare. And I was listening to a college basketball podcast yesterday where they said the last time that had happened where there were five ranked versus ranked matchups was all the way back in 2009. So it's been about 13 years since something like this has happened, which is pretty crazy. Um, so I'm going to go through those games because they were all—well, um, they weren't all really good. A couple of them were—one of them in particular was a little bit of a up, but I did want to go through them. Um, so I'm going to start off with the first one that we don't need to talk about too long, but Kansas, ranked number 8. Uh, they defeated Indiana, who's ranked number 14. to um, a little bit of a blowout. The game was really never in doubt for Kansas. Um, They were at home. Obviously, we know how good Kansas is when they're playing at Allen Fieldhouse, so just an awesome showing from Kansas. Obviously, Um, they got great contributions all the way around. Um, You had uh, the freshman Grady Dick. He had 20 points, 4 or 5 from 3. He's got to be one of the best shooters in college basketball, so he gave you – Uh, A good showing there, you had Jalen Wilson, who did struggle from the field, but still was able to get in 11 points, 8 rebounds. KG Adams had 11 points. Kevin McCaller had 11 points. So, well-rounded game from Kansas. I really think that they're, you know, they're the reigning national champions, and I think they're one of the contenders to win the title again this year. They are up there at the top. They're ranked number 8 right now. I think they're, without a doubt, a top 5 team. Um Indiana, on the other side struggling a little bit. obviously, Trace Jackson Davis is the the notable name for them. Um, you know, I think by his standards, struggled a little bit in this game, at least on the offensive end, thirteen points, six rebounds, but he did have nine blocks. So, you know, obviously nine blocks in a game. Think about that stat. It's ridiculous. Um, other games here, we have Gonzaga, Alabama. I think Gonzaga is really starting to get back to the team we expected. You know, Gonzaga did drop a couple games, um, and I think a lot of people were being very critical of Gonzaga just because of what we are so used to seeing from them. But Gonzaga, I still think, is one of the best teams in college basketball, at least top 10, I would say. They had a really good win over Alabama. Drew Timmy had 29 points doing what he does and they were just clicking on the offensive end you know they they start three seniors they're very experienced and they were doing things that we normally expect out of Gonzaga they they shoot it well they're a very smart team they're well coached um and yeah so i, I i'm not worried about gonzaga they had a big win against alabama and they're uh f- you know fully uh, you know i think a team that should be taken seriously when we get to march um as they have been for the past couple years on the alabama side the most notable thing is just like Brandon Miller, this kid, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never heard the name Brandon Miller uh, from Alabama's basketball team, just go on YouTube, watch some highlights from his game yesterday against Gonzaga. He is incredible. He had 36 points, 6 rebounds. And, you know, it's a little bit, it looks a little bit like a, a player you might know named Kevin Durant. It's uh, a little reminiscent, Not uh, by no means am I saying he is Kevin Durant, obviously not, but... In that specific game, he's doing some stuff like, man, this is the way he's getting his shots, the way he's, you know, uh, scoring the ball. It was very impressive. So, just a couple games to mention uh, there. There's a couple more, but I, Ben, I did want to go to you because um, I have talked for a while. If you're kind of looking at the scores here, anything that really stands out, um, obviously, you know, Houston is a team we've been. Uh, kind of keeping an eye on, but anything that really stands out from yesterday?
2: Yeah. I mean, so my, my, our Cougs, Trevor, our Cougs, the, the Houston Cougars, uh, big win and big win on a, a true road game in Virginia yesterday. I, 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 predicted last week, I said, let's, let's relax. R E L A X. Let's relax here. They're going to be just fine. They got the loss out of the way. Now, now they have, um, a true path to the national championship here that I firmly believe will happen. Um, but really Trevor, and this, again, this is just me not watching any college basketball, but here's what I'll say. I'm so impressed by the amount of insane non-conference games that we had yesterday. And it's not even the fact that, like, like yes, Kentucky and UCLA played, which is awesome, but they played, like, neutral. Like, Indiana's going to a true road game in Texas. Tennessee's going on a true road game to Arizona. Gonzaga's going to Alabama, not not Tuscaloosa, but Birmingham. you got Houston going on a true road game to Charlottesville, Virginia. Like, I'm so impressed by the amount of solid – non-con games that we've had this year. And it's not that we don't have them usually. I mean Gonzaga plays pretty much the best teams every year. Um but I, I can't remember a time that I've seen this many tr- like like big time teams, top 10 teams that are going on these true road games to these other legit um venues. I mean a lot of times you'll see these top 10 teams again like like with UCLA and, and with Kentucky where they're playing on a neutral court in New York City or whatever. The fact that you got teams going to Kansas, to Virginia, to Arizona, these top 15 teams that are willing to do that, I think it's it's fantastic for the sport of basketball. Um, and we got some fantastic games out of it. So I'm just impressed by by the, the quality of play that, uh, I guess I should say the quality of games that we've seen very early in this season. I mean, we haven't we still haven't gotten to, to the conference season yet. Um, what a fantastic non-con schedule we've had just in general throughout the sport of college basketball.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree 100%. And yesterday, I think probably had to have been the best day that we've had in terms of just great mm-hmm. matchups this season. I mean, I mean, obviously it's five ring matchups. I think it's got to be the best you know day we've had of college basketball. But Brandon, I-, I wanted to go to you as well because you know we have this college basketball draft that we're doing together in a couple of days, which requires a lot of research on our end. You know, we're trying to win it, obviously. Um, so, what what are kind of some of your thoughts? You know, looking at some of these scores from yesterday.
1: Um, I. I think we shouldn't overshadow what Ben just said. Uh, a lot of these teams playing, like, true road games, like, high, high top-tier teams, and obviously we see every year we see some good matchups. Um, but, you know, just like Ben said, all these teams are going, like, away, across the country, some of them. Um, games that they don't necessarily need to have on their resume go and, you know, potentially lose um, is, is really, really amazing to see. Uh, so I'm... Um,
2: Sorry, Go ahead, I just want, I had a question for Trevor. Trevor, since you brought up your draft, or whatever I want, I want, and maybe you've said this before in the past weeks, but I want, I want an answer based off of today. In your opinion, I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit, but who is one of, if not, the, in your opinion, the most underrated teams in college basketball up to this point? Who, who is really good that you feel like is not getting a lot of national attention? So don't don't give me a top ten team, Trevor. But who is a team that you think deserves more attention than what they're getting currently? Because maybe yeah. that'll be a team that you that you guys pick for your draft. This week, I don't know. I just maybe I'm, I'm I'm giving you guys some some help here. I don't know.
0: Right, absolutely. So I wonder, Brandon. I, I I don't know. Maybe you know. I wonder if any of our the people that we draft with listen to our podcast. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I'd be <laughs> careful. I think there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. but, sorry, my chance. Bad. I,
0: went, I, I didn't think that. I through. wouldn't I'm say sorry. too much. But um, yeah. I mean, I I won't I won't give too much. I mean, I don't know if Illinois is considered under the radar. I've been on on Illinois the entire year. I know they lost to Penn State, but I still really like Illinois. I think they've been underrated in the rankings the whole season. Like, they've consistently been in the teens when I consistently have had them in the top 10 for most of the year. Um, Illinois might be one. I think, I don't know if they're underrated, but Memphis is a team that's really coming onto the scene now. Um, They did get a big win over Auburn. They lost a a nail-biter to Alabama this week. Um, I think Memphis is really good. I think in the American, everyone just looks at Houston. But Memphis is pretty clearly the second best team in that conference. And I fully expect them to be a tournament team. I think they're maybe a top 25 team. I, I really like Memphis um, as well. Just trying to think anyone else. I mean, those are the teams that stand out. San Diego State has had a couple losses, but I still think San Diego State is very good as well. So those are a couple teams that I'd really look out for. I mean, if you want to talk mid majors, like I, I could go into like the Mac, Kent State's really good um in the caa college of charleston college of charleston i i would keep an eye out for them i think they are also uh very good
1: mm-hmm. okay so if anyone's listening to this then i'm gonna see on tuesday uh <laughs> everything trevor said is wrong I yeah
0: trevor that was a I, blown opportunity i might have just, throw just, like, just thrown out random just said, teams like, that are just trying to throw you off the scent you know
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Look, Trevor's a smart guy. I know he's not gonna give away our our, our future draft strategies. So so, it, it'll be all. It'll be all good. Um, Trevor, anything else you want to talk about college basketball before we get about get to something that we haven't talked about yet that needs to be talked about?
0: Yeah, so I just want to mention uh, a couple of the other big ones because we did have so we had uh, Houston, Virginia, which Ben did talk about. Houston got the win in Charlottesville, 69-61. Again, like Houston's, they're just so good; they can win in so so many different ways. I know at times their offense tends to struggle, but overall, they're they're a team that really makes you play at the pace they want you to. Um, and they were able to get a big win over Virginia. Uh, Tennessee, Arizona, game in Tucson, tough place to play. Tennessee actually, though they lost, I, I'm impressed by Tennessee's performance in this game. They only lost by five points. I fully, I mean, obviously, I, I would have definitely picked Arizona to win this game, and they did. But Tennessee only losing by five is impressive. So that's one. And then we have UCLA, Kentucky. In the Champions Classic, UCLA won 63-53 there. Kentucky, Kentucky's offense, you know, it it's kind of struggling. They're having a rough go at it. Um, they don't they're not great, they're not a great free throw shooting team, and they're not a great offensive team in general right now. Um, you know, they're a young team, it's Kentucky, it's Calipari. They're still trying to work things out, so We'll see, and then last game, uh, North Carolina gets a much-needed win in overtime over Ohio State. They were down for a lot of the game, but came back, and they did take it. That game was uh, at Madison Square Garden, so good game there, and Carolina got a much-needed win.
1: Interesting, interesting. All right, well, we will move along here to a, a very minor amount of college football, a very minor amount, uh, something we have not mentioned. Our Bowling Green State University Falcons— our alumni, have reached a bowl game for the first time since, what is it, 2017 or something? I think
0: 2015.
2: 2015. Or, Close, though. So.
1: 2015. 2015, yeah. We were there in 2017, so yeah, it definitely wasn't that. 2015. We have never seen them make a bowl game. They are 6-6, six and six, and they are playing the New Mexico State Aggies in the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, now, that's very important because there was a lot of places that this bowl could have been. The three of us were were sitting by our phones that Sunday when when it was announced uh, praying that it was in Detroit because then we have a possibility to go. I mean, you, you you guys even saw like the other options are like Idaho or Arizona or Alabama, and we got it in Detroit. So officially, us uh, the three small ballers, we will all be at this bowl game. We're very excited about it. Um, and yeah, first time since twenty fifteen, Ben. I mean, how proud are you of the boys?
2: I mean, I mean, a six and six record, throw it out the window. Who cares about that? We are bringing home the quick lane championship. I am so confident. Uh, this is in, our Super Bowl in the boys. Some some would say. I mean, I know you got the New Year's Six. I think some would say that this is probably that seventh bowl game. Um I It's it. it's an elite level bowl game against against a a, a very underrated uh, five and six independent New Mexico State Aggies team. So, um, but I, in my opinion, probably um, a, a you know, must see TV. I would imagine it's probably going to get close to twenty million viewers for this bowl game. Um, expect a, a sold out Ford Field of, of forty thousand gsu falcons there so um should be a fantastic game uh, our falcons are going all the way to the to the quick lane championship this year a season to remember they're, they're going to make a documentary about it i'll buy the dvd it's going to be phenomenal
1: i i fully agree i think that it shouldn't be understated how impressive the six to six record is but like you said let's throw it out all right that doesn't even matter we're here we're in a bowl game we beat toledo all right no one likes toledo trevor are you excited for the bowl game
0: I'm very excited and and I'm very glad that it's in Detroit because obviously we get to go. We're going to make a whole day out of it. We get to go. It's going to be cold, but we're going to enjoy the cold. We're going to revel in it. It's going to be awesome. We're going to watch the Falcons playing a bowl game. I mean, our whole college career... I said career, as in we, if we were like on the team or something. It's a college our, career. No, you our, can our call it college a career. Uh, our time in college. We were athletes. The the Bowling Green Falcons football team was never good. They they never made a bowl game. You know they historically, you know they go two and ten, three and nine. We're always bad, and it was it was building. Obviously, you know our sophomore years when Coach Scott Lethler came in. Um, you know we we really started you know to try to recruit more. You know Ohio. Players, Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, try to get more local kids. Um, obviously, you know, we did get Mac, Matt McDonald, the transfer. Um, obviously, he's from been... From Boston yeah, College. Yeah, from ACC. Boston College, which is where Scott Leffler was from. So, we we got a lot of pieces here, and we got, I got a lot of talent. I mean, the defense led by, like, a Carl Brooks. Um, so, it's been really fun to see, like, how this team has grown. I mean, a lot of these players I've seen. I, you know, I, I worked with the football team for a little bit, so I was... I saw a lot of these players before they were at Bowling Green when they were on their recruiting visit. So it's really good to see this team reach a bowl game. I mean, we we rooted for it. Obviously, we wanted it to happen every year in college. We never got it. But a couple years later, we get it. So, uh, you know, to say the least, I'm I'm very excited for the game.
2: And I just want to say this real quick. Um, For anyone out there that's listening that's going, why are they wasting time on a 6-6 team, blah, blah, blah? Well, one— um, let's not forget if there's any Ohio State fans out there listening cuz I'm sure there are. Um, the Bowling Green Falcons can beat their biggest rival. Ohio State cannot. So, so yes. let's not let's not let's not let's not Is throw stones at us Falcons who are just proud of our team for actually beating our biggest rival cuz you Ohio State yeah. fans that are listening that are wondering why we're wasting time talking about this bowl game. You guys can't relate. Um, no, so I just no, want to make that very clear.
1: it's tough in Columbus. There's a lot of, you know, upset People, uh, you know, they—they—it seems like they've been losing their rivalry a lot recently. We have not, all right. No. And the New Mexico State Bowling Green rivalry is just starting. This is, the, it is. this is just the One beginning the of our agents. rivalry. So yeah. this is a big game for us. This is an enormous game. But all jokes aside, we're very excited for 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 our, our alma mater. We will be at the game. We will have a lot to report on, um, which I'm sure everyone is very interested in. Um, but yeah, let's keep on moving along here. Let's go to professional sports uh, and start in the NBA. Look, Trevor, we've had uh, a couple big injuries recently. Why don't you break down a couple of the guys, bigger guys that, uh, that have been injured?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So injuries always suck in any sport when we have to talk about them. Um, but we, you know, when, when they get very notable, when they're stars that get injured, we do have to mention them. So Steph Curry, um, he has a left shoulder injury. Uh, It's reported he's going to be out for at least two to three weeks. And a lot of times with injuries like this, they end up being a little bit longer than that. So we will see when Steph Curry comes back. Obviously, the Warriors are in a position where they certainly... uh, cannot go without Steph Curry. I'll say that. They're 14-16 right now, which lands them 11th in the Western Conference, obviously. On the defensive end, they've been really struggling, especially on the road. Their home record's actually really good, but their road record is abysmal. Um, They've had quite a few games where they've gotten blown out on the road. Um, I think a couple days ago, they played Milwaukee um, on the road. They got beaten pretty badly. Milwaukee was scoring at ease, scoring at will. Um, And that's happened, you know, on a regular basis with this Warriors team. Their defense is not very good. And now without Steph Curry, now you're taking away a huge, a massive part of their offense because they rely on him to create so many points for them, um, whether it's scoring himself, you know, getting open off of screens, creating for others, wide open threes, stuff like that. So it's a big loss. And not to mention that, you know, Andrew Wiggins has missed a lot of time. Draymond Green has like a minor injury now. He's missed some time, you know. So the Warriors are a pretty injured team. I mean, just by looking at it, they're, I think, easily the most injured team in the NBA right now. You know, they're the, I guess you maybe you call them the Baltimore Ravens of the NBA. I don't know. Um, But that's what's happening to the Warriors right now. So it's unfortunate. Um, I hope they get healthy soon because if they don't, they're going to have an uphill battle here to maybe make the playoffs. I mean, without Steph Curry, I don't expect that they're going to do well. So if he's out for three, four weeks, I mean, that could be, you know, if they play what, say they play 15 games, like maybe they go like five and 10 in those games. And if they go like five and 10, in their next 15 at that point, do the quick math they're 19 and 26. So it's not good, obviously to, to lose a star like Steph Curry when he means so much to your team. So that's going to be tough for golden state. Um, we have a couple other ones. Devin Booker, much more minor, but he's you know he's missed some time here or there um, for Phoenix. That's part of the reason why they've been struggling a little bit more lately. Um, they were the one seed in the West for so long. Now they're fourth in the West, so part of the reason there why the Phoenix Suns have kind of been struggling. But those are you know two of the major injuries. Obviously, we have other ones we could we could mention, but you know I'm not going to go through every injury. That's for sure. But the other big thing I want to talk about today is both of the New York teams, because both of the New York teams, the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks, are playing very well. Um, they're both on winning streaks, I believe, right now. Yes, they're both on winning streaks. The New York Knicks have won six in a row, which now their record is 16-13, and 13, which puts them sixth in the Eastern Conference. The Brooklyn Nets have won five straight, which puts them at 18-12. and 12. So both New York teams... Playing very well with Brooklyn. I mean, the the numbers say that, you know, with Jacques Vaughn, with Steve Nash out, they've been much better. Now, I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's I don't I don't know if Steve Nash necessarily did anything wrong. Um, but for whatever reason, they're playing better with Jacques Vaughn as head coach. They're also playing better now that Kyrie Irving is is playing every game. He's back in the lineup. He was had a little minor injury earlier in the season, wasn't you know, missed some games. Now he's back. They've been playing a lot better. You know, he's been playing very well. Kyrie Irving's been in very good form, which is obviously gonna make his whole contract situation that much more interesting, right? And then Kevin Durant just continues to do what Kevin Durant does, even at age thirty three. Um, and he's probably right in the M V P conversation at this point with the way that Brooklyn is playing, I think Brooklyn... I mean, they're the four seed in the East right now. I do think they are currently... I would say they're the fourth best team in the East, which is interesting, you know? I mean, you have the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Cavs throw in Brooklyn. They might be a contender as well. Obviously, we know about... Like their depth, which isn't quite as good as some of those other teams, especially Boston. Especially Boston. Boston has really good depth, but Brooklyn's not quite there with the depth. But they have Kevin Durant and they have Kyrie Irving, which when they are right, when they are playing um, very well, and Kyrie Irving is is playing in all of the games, they're you know they're they're a team that you at least worry about because of what they could be capable of on any given night. So. Interesting with Brooklyn. The Knicks, obviously, they're playing very well. Julius Randle's playing better. Jalen Brunson, uh, you know, obviously left Dallas. You can see the impact that has had on the Mavericks. They've been struggling. And you can see the impact it has had on the Knicks because they have been much better. So Jalen Brunson, the addition of him, has been very good for New York. Um, So those are are the main storylines I want to talk about in the NBA today. Um, obviously coming up, we have, uh, the Christmas day games, which I'm very excited for next weekend. But mm-hmm. for now, uh, that's what I wanted to talk about.
1: We'll have to do like pick or something for the Christmas day games. Those would be fun. Oh yeah, for um, sure. To discuss. Um, let's keep on moving along here, I guess. Um, go on over to the NFL. Um, as always, we started in the previous week, anything you guys would like to talk about week 14, Ben, I will start with you.
2: Brent, why are you always going to start with ben me? Take Cause I never have the tab pulled up. I don't remember what happened last week. He's gonna start with you Um, because the Bengals beat the Browns. Start with you because I'm out of breath from talking. Yeah, I know, and and, and, and I'm always Lions
0: beat the Vikings. And I never have the the, All right, the Titans. All right. right,
2: Shut up, Brent. I got it. Okay, we're good. Um, Let's see. Seahawks. Yeah, not not a bunch of fantastic games. I mean, the Titans aren't good. I think we already knew that. Um, They're they're very lucky that they're in a a terrible division every year. All they have to do is go 500 and they win that division. I guess the other one I'll say, yeah, the, the, the Lions are, like, good, I guess. Um, and the Vikings, who knows about the Vikings? I'm, I'm so confused on the Vikings. Like, I want to say they're frauds, but, like, they do there's some things they do great. So it's just I don't really know what to think about the Vikings. And that Lions game kind of just made me more confused about, about what they are. Um, so I don't know. A lot of, a lot of questions. The, the, the Lions are good. Um, they could absolutely make make the playoffs, which is so wild to think that it, like even just last year, if you would have told me this year they would make the playoffs, I said there's no way. They have such a long road ahead, and going into this year, Dan Campbell was like not on the hot seat, but people were like, "Is this dude a legit head coach?" And it seems like he is now. So um, credit to the Lions. I, I, that was my that's my biggest takeaway is the, the Lions like they were favorites in that game, but they still had to go out and execute, and they did they did exactly that. Um, and it's very impressive what they've done.
1: Yeah, I I think look I. I'm a big believer in the Lions. I've been saying this. Um, They were my pick: uh, Panthers or Lions. More wins, and the Lions seem to really be coming to form. They did the same thing last year when they won three of their last four, and they looked really good in those games. Um, So I'm very, very impressed with the Lions. Uh, I think another team that we got to talk about just a little bit here, just a little bit, um, is uh, you know it's. I don't really want to talk about it, but I feel like we have to. The Rams did make a nice comeback with Baker Mayfield at the helm. Uh, one game out of being, uh, or one game from being picked up by the Rams, they won seventeen sixteen at home versus the Raiders. Now the Raiders stink. Um, we do know this, uh, and especially their defense stinks. Uh, but I, you know Baker did bring them back. I feel like it's something we got to talk about. Trevor, anything you want to talk about Week fourteen before we move on here?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, Week 14, I I mean, I think, like, I don't know if there's anything that really stands out uh, from Week 14. I mean, obviously, the Niners continue to look really good with Brock Purdy. That's a big storyline as we get closer to the playoffs here. Uh, The Chargers got a big win over the Dolphins. I think the Chargers are starting to work things out um, personally. Um, I don't know if this is a popular opinion, but I'm starting to look at the Chargers as if there's a top three in the AFC— I think the Chargers. I mean, they beat the Dolphins, right? So I'm looking at the Chargers as like that fourth team that they're kind of like the dark horse. You have the top three: the Chiefs, Bills, and uh, the Bengals. I think the Chargers are that fourth team for me personally because they do have Justin Herbert. They're starting to get you know the receivers back, other other weapons. Um, I think the Chargers are kind of that fourth team. So I'm looking at them, and then everything else I think more you know goes into this week. I mean, we had we had three pretty good games yesterday. Obviously, Colts-Vikings was was very wild. I mean, the Colts were up, what, 33 to nothing? And then, I mean, poor Matt Ryan. I mean, he's subject to the the biggest blown lead in the Super Bowl and in NFL history in general. So, rough go for Matt Ryan there.
1: Yeah, that was an absolutely crazy game uh, that, that happened. I can't believe that they ended up losing that. I remember... I went to the uh, the Browns-Ravens game with my dad. We went into the game, like, early, and it was 33 nothing at halftime. And I was like, "Ah, oh, this game's over, we i not going to need a My dad shows me, it's 36-36. And I'm like, how on earth, how on earth did the Colts only score three points and allow 36? I couldn't believe it. Um, but, okay, let's see here. So I, I I feel like it's time, we're getting towards the end of the season here, to talk a little bit about the MVP race, Trevor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to me, there's kind of three guys, I think, that are really involved. Um, one is kind of outside looking in. The other two are pretty close. So what's we'll, we'll, us hear your MVP thoughts.
0: Yeah, so I mean, for me right now, the top two in some order are Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Uh, I mean, if you look at these two guys, I guess we could just go through the stats of these two quickly. You look at Jalen Hurts. He has uh, 22 passing touchdowns, only three interceptions on the year, a little over 3,100 yards. And then when you look on the rushing side, he has 10 rushing touchdowns, pretty much 700 rushing yards. So you put that in context with what Mahomes has, which is 33 passing touchdowns, 11 interceptions. So he has 11 more passing touchdowns, but eight more interceptions. He has about 4,100 yards, so about a thousand more passing yards, but the rushing side—he only has two touchdowns rushing. Hertz has ten, and he has 280 yards to Hertz's 689. So, really interesting comparison there. Um, I think after the last two weeks, I actually am gonna lean Jalen Hurts because of the you know the limited mistakes. I mean, Mahomes has 11 interceptions. I think if you're looking at across this, the board here. Hertz has 32 total touchdowns with only three interceptions. He's really limiting mistakes. The Eagles only have one loss in the entire season. You know, and I get that, like, the, argues, the argument some people might make is like, well, Hertz, this system around him is so good. They have a really good defense, they have a really good O line. Uh, the running game, the receivers, like, he has it really set up for him. Whereas Mahomes has to kind of elevate, you know, like it's not like the Chiefs' receiving core is. You know, one of the best receiving cores in the NFL, so he has to elevate. I just think when you look at the way that the Eagles have won games, I mean, Mahomes has had 11 interceptions. I mean, if you take a couple of those back, you can argue that maybe they have one or two more wins. It's possible. So, I think there's a really good case for both of them, and I totally get the Mahomes case. I I would have said Mahomes two weeks ago, but now I think there's been enough... Um, how Jalen Hurts has played well, um, including in the passing game. I think there was a couple. There was one game a couple weeks ago. He had like three passing touchdowns, like super efficient, really good completion percentage. And I think Hurts has the slight edge right now over Mahomes.
1: Interesting. I I think I agree. I think right now I'd say it's Hurts. Um, and the, the two are really, really close. I do think that there is someone else who's kind of on the outside looking in, Ben. And I, I, I want to hear what you have to say about him. I think it's Joe Burrow. I, I, I wouldn't say he's quite on the level in terms of you know winning the award that the other two are at, at least right now. However, I do think that he is, he is has a decent name to be said in in the conversation. What, what do you think about Burrow's season so far, especially as a Bengals fan?
2: Yeah, I mean, he he's been fantastic. I think he's he's been exactly what what we expected him to to, to become into the season. I mean, his first two games he was bad. I mean, the first the first game of the year against the Steelers, he threw four interceptions, had a fumble, he had five turnovers himself, <clears throat> um, and and he's he struggled. And I think maybe you could make the excuse, and people do. I don't love the excuse, but he he had the the appendix taken out, you know, three weeks before the season started or whatever. Um, but if he's playing, I'm, I'm I expect him to play well. So I, I hate that as an excuse. Um, but since then, I mean, if you take out the first two weeks of the year and, and you know, Bengals fans love to do this, which again, I don't like, but I'm going to use it for his benefit. If you take out the first two weeks of the, of the year, um, he's been the best quarterback in the NFL. If you just look at stats, you know, statistics in terms of touchdowns or whatever to interceptions, I don't know, something like that. But uh, he's been fantastic and he's not like Mahomes and, and, and Hurts, who I think rightfully so are the top two in this debate because um, Burrow's not nearly as flashy as those two. He's not going to beat you with his legs like, like they are. He's not going to have... Um, these the, these highlight reels like like, like Hertz and, and Mahomes will. But he's just – and people always use this word, and I think it's a good, good word for him. He's just an assassin. Like like he is exactly what – if you would have said 20 years ago, he's exactly what a quarterback – what people were, were looking for, where they, they stay in the pocket, they make the right decisions. It might not always be the fanciest throw, but he's going to make the right decision. He's going to check down when he needs a check down. He's going to take shots one-on-one when he has the opportunity to do so um he's accurate with the ball he doesn't have the arm strength like most of these quarterbacks do but he's accurate he puts the ball where the defense is not um and he just he does everything he does everything very well he's 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 insanely smart he's 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 very much like and I hate the Tom Brady comparisons but I think he's more I think you can make more of a comparison to Peyton Manning where he he does so much work during the week he watches so much film and he knows what the defense is going to do more than sometimes the defense knows what they're going to do he's just so smart with with, with the football he's he very often is the smartest person on that field um, and I think those those attributes have led him to, to yeah, being possibly top three in this conversation, which as a Bengals fan, you, cannot, you know, all you can ever ask for is that you have a quarterback that, that is in that conversation. So is he going to win? No. Um, and his, the beginning of his year is going to be the reason why. But also, I mean, Hurts and Mahomes have been phenomenal. If I had to pick between Hurts and Mahomes, I, I think I would agree with you guys. In terms of the way that this award is gone, I think you have to give it to... Hertz, just because his stats and his highlights have been phenomenal, but I, I still think Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, and I'll back that up any day of the week. I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, but Hertz has been the, in terms of stats, in terms of his rushing, in terms of his throwing, he has been the MVP that we've come to know. So um, if 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 I'm if I have a vote right now, I'm giving it to Hertz.
1: Yeah, I. I, I, I agree. I think Hurts is the winner right now, but I, I think that could change. We have a couple more weeks, and they're so close that I think it could change. Um, and obviously, Joey B, I really think the comparison to Brady is really good. I don't think Joe Burrow's this, like, marvelous downfield thrower, but he's super accurate, just like Brady, and he's smart, just like Brady. And I think uh, both of them use their, their strengths that their are advantage. They don't try throwing 70-yard bombs. Like, you know, Allen might uh, do really well. Um... And uh I, I think that the comparison is 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 very, very good. Um all right, let's let's keep on moving along here. Uh let's get to our cross off. So we're getting down to it. We only have four more teams to cross off. Um, I think we talked about two. We talked about the Packers and the Saints, correct? Aren't those the two that we discussed? Yeah. Um and I wanted the Packers. And Trevor, you wanted the Saints, so why don't you give a brief, very quickly, a brief description of why you wanted the Saints?
0: Yeah, so I mean, they're both good options. The Saints are currently four and nine. The Packers are uh, five and eight. Um, I think the case for the Saints is that I just think they're a, a worse team. I mean, they're they're worse, and I think that um, look at their schedule. They still have to play the Eagles, so it's almost like I look at the Eagles as like. I know there's no guaranteed, there's nothing guaranteed in the NFL, but it almost seems like that's like a guaranteed loss at that point. They're 4-10. and ten. It's like, I don't know. Can they, I guess, I guess, you know, you look at the NFC South, I, I get it, it's a bad division. But I think that was my instinct of like right now they have a worse record. So it's like the fact that the Packers have one more win now and I think the Saints are a worse team. It just seems more to come back on. But I do get the Packers argument of the fact that the Saints are an NFC South, you know.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. The Saints can technically, I mean, they're not going to, but they technically could still win the division. And that's, you know, kind of what halts the like, oh, do do we take them out or not? So I I like the Packers. The Packers have three very difficult games coming up. They would have to win at least three of their four, at least even be in the conversation of uh, getting a playoff spot. Even then, I think it'll be tough at eight wins. Um, so that's kind of why I thought the Packers would be the better pick. But Ben, you were the deciding factor here. Which team would you like to cross off?
2: This is so hard, and I've gone back and forth like four times because every time, ta- each each time one of you gives an argument as to why the other team should be um, crossed off. Like I'm like, you're right. I, so I don't even, I still don't really have a a, uh, a like a strong opinion on this. So I'm I'm just gonna kind of pick one. Um, I'm gonna, I'll go. I'm gonna go with Packers. I think we should cross off the Packers. And that was a total game-time decision there. I had no idea until about five seconds ago. <laughs> but I think we should cross off the Packers. Uh, and really, the only reason why is because the Saints are in a terrible division. Um, terrible divi- division. They have like at least two more games probably against a division opponent. At least one. Um, which are much more likely wins than, than any of the games that the Packers have. So I-, I, will, I will say that we should cross off the Packers. That's my official vote.
1: Yeah, and I even said before, uh, you know, of course, you guys can go check out my rankings on smallballer.com or thesmallballers.com, excuse me, the link is in the description. Um, I, I, I think the Packers are a better team than the Saints, and I still think we should cross the Los Angeles because they can't win their division, and the Saints technically can. Uh, the Bucks, Panthers, and Falcons are all bad enough where I could conceivably see them lose games while the Saints do win games. Um, It's not going to happen. I don't think either team's good. (coughs) But the Packers are who we are crossing off today. Uh, Let's move on to SVP bets. This is where we each made a bet amongst each other and um, over, you know, all of us, uh, if that made any sense. Hopefully it did. Um, And we, uh, yeah, so we have a bet against each other. So let's see, I have the point total pulled up here. Um, so let's let's go over your guys' bets first. So we have Brady versus Burrow in touchdowns. Ben, where are we sitting at with that?
2: Uh let's see. So Joe Burrow is sitting at twenty seven touchdowns and Tom Brady is sitting at seventeen. So the lead has grown mm. to ten touchdowns. Um Tom Brady again, just I mean, he hasn't had a game where he's had he's thrown more than he's had one game where he's thrown three touchdowns. Um and the rest have pretty much been one maybe two and I'm, I'm this is the worst time to say that because he's playing the Bengals today but i'm just i'm just giving the facts he has not been fantastic this year so yeah Burrow, bro 10 touchdown lead in that case or in that uh i guess competition and, I'm, I'm feeling very confident about my win in that one trevor Dawkins. and burrow's
0: and burrow's gonna extend the lead today he's gonna extend the lead today ben he's gonna we'll see it's nfl anything any,
2: anything can happen who knows <laughs> uh, it is tom brady on the other side of that field i, I think it'll be a very close game
1: yeah, I would say that it's probably chalked, Trevor. I, th- I think yeah, you. Have a I f- I, I'm declaring that one lost. I agree I, I
2: don't know. I don't know.
1: I just don't think <laughs> four games to make up yeah, ten no, touchdowns. Right. Yeah, yeah, there's there's
2: no yes. chance. Uh, I'm, I'm even if out.
1: Burrow doesn't play, the odds that Brady gets ten touchdowns amongst four games is you're even right. hard to believe. Yes. So, oh, it actually have to be eleven. So yeah, not not feeling too good for you there, Trevor. Uh, Trevor, me and you have the Panthers versus Lions wins. Uh, the Lions are currently up 1, they're 6-7, or the Panthers are 5-8. and eight. I will say the Panthers have done better than I thought they would. The Lions are kind of on par of where I thought they would. The Lions conceivably could make the playoffs, um, and some people believe that they will. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to see how that goes for them. I think I'm sitting in the driver's seat for sure now. Uh, I was a little nervous there for just a little bit, but I think at this point I feel pretty good uh, about the odds uh, of, of the Lions taking it.
0: We have a
1: big ben, game. We have game Herbert versus Allen. Yeah, we will see. Yeah, we have the game next week. That's going to be our Super Bowl. Yes, it will. Um, so we have been. We have uh, who? What was it? Herbert versus Allen touchdowns. Um, and what what is the numbers for those?
2: So Herbert's sitting at, or, uh no, sorry, excuse me. Josh Allen is sitting at thirty thanks to uh four touchdowns yesterday. So he does have one more game under his belt, but he's sitting at thirty. Yes. Herbert's at twenty one. So thanks to those four touchdowns yesterday. Um, with a game still today to be played, but Josh Allen has a has a nine touchdown lead in that category.
1: Yeah, I think that one's if if Herbert gets four touchdowns today, I'll say it's not chalked, but it's 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 chalked. It's I think you won this one as well. Uh I will say I will say, when we gave this bet, you were like, I want Allen and I was like I would pick Allen too and I was like, you know what, I'll pick Herbert, it's fine. So so <laughs> just, just wanna say I'm not losing that one too too much uh there. Um, okay, and then of course the bet amongst all of us, um, we have total or average points scored by a team uh, in the NFL over the season. Um, so currently, I have it sitting at twenty two points on the dot. Ben, you predicted twenty two point two. Trevor, you predicted twenty two point four, and I predicted twenty two point nine. I think it is chalked for me officially. Now I think it is possible, Trevor, that it can get up to you at twenty two point four, but I think it is way more likely. Uh, that Ben does take the cake on this one because he just needs 22.3 or less. Um, so there's got to be a lot of scoring uh, in order for it to get up to your numbers, Trevor. So I, I do think it's close. I think either one of you can win, uh, but I think I am out of the running, in my opinion. Yeah. And there are our bets. Um. So yeah, Um. let's keep on going Uh. and wrap up the pod today. Looking at the upcoming week of Football Week, 15. Obviously, we talked a little bit about the games that just happened. Uh, Ravens losing 13-3. The Vikings came all the way back. Biggest uh, deficit in NFL history, and they ended up winning, 39-36. And the Bills took the game last night, 32-29. But we have a whole slew of games today. Uh, any any games that really poke out to you guys? Ben, I will start with you.
2: Um, Titans-Chargers t- today at 425. Um, are are either team good? Are they are they both bad? Are they both good? I have no idea. Is one bad? Is one good? I have no idea. Uh, this game, I think, will go a long way in terms of, well, one, are the Chargers going to make the playoffs? I think right now they're they might be in there. I don't I don't know. They're on they're kind of on the border. Um, getting getting an eighth win and going to eight and six, I think, would be huge for the Chargers. The Titans are are reeling right now. They've lost I don't know, like three in a row or something. Um, they are struggling now they're again, they're in a terrible division, but you have the jags that are that, that are sneaking up on them. so I think both teams really desperately need a win just in terms of solidifying their their kind of their playoff status going into the last few weeks of the season. Um, so I'm looking forward to that game. I think it's gonna be a good one.
0: Yeah, interesting. I, I must ahead, I must say with this, I mean <laughs> Brandon, you and I were both high on the jags earlier in the season and I'm not gonna by no means am I gonna predict that the Jags are gonna come back and win this division. But it's not impossible. It's not impossible because the Jags are two games back. They played the Cowboys today, which is a tough game. But if they somehow can beat the Cowboys, I mean, then they have the Jets, the Texans, and they play the Titans the final game of the season. So I'm just saying if the Jags somehow can get that win against the Cowboys today— um, it would make it things pretty interesting. And I think that might be the best game of the day. Honestly, it's the game that I think I'm most excited about is Cowboys-Jaguars, to be honest with you. And yes, maybe the Cowboys just blow them out. Maybe, I mean, it's possible, but I don't know. I mean, the Cowboys struggled a little bit last week against Houston. And I'm, I'm keeping an eye on Dallas because I've been high on Dallas for a lot of the season. But now uh, I'm a little more hesitant. So I'm keeping an eye on that one
1: interesting i actually want to talk about the night game giants commanders this would be a really big win for the commanders if they can pull this one off they are favored and i think they have a excuse me a good shot at winning the giants seem to be a little bit on a down spell um just ticking towards the bottom but i kind of like the commanders in this game if they pull this off really really good win for them um okay anything else you guys like to talk about i will say little update the the world cup is 3-3 they're going into penalty kicks both teams scored an extra time um, we Wild have a game. messy goal and Mbappe, a, a, bop a uh, penalty kick, which has just been insane. So we'll we'll wait those results. Um, but I think I'll wrap up the pod there for today. Um, and yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Really, really appreciate all the support. Of course, go check out the website, thesesmallballers.com. Link is in the description. We are writing articles, multiple articles every single week. Trevor, I believe, is coming out with an article in a day, maybe, maybe tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna okay. try to write it
1: tonight. Um, so another NBA article will be coming your week. Of course, I have my NFL Power Rankings, which will hopefully be out by Thursday. We'll see. it take me a while. We have the A-18 Podcast coming out this week, as it does every single week, so go check that podcast out. Um,
0: with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!